Hello. Hello. Hey. Squad. Oh, you know, just keep on keeping on. Yeah. Like tonight. <clears throat> this is uh, a moment in history. It's gonna happen tonight. <laughs> What'd you say? I said uh, this is history in the making tonight. Yeah, like four years ago. Yeah. So you doing all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. All right. I was going to do this uh, live to live to tape, but I can't get the intro to play and sound very good, so I'm going to put that in later. So, so, gotcha. we're, so we're just going to kick it off. Boom, just like that. Yeah, are you ready? Yeah. All right, in three, two, one. And welcome, everybody, to Two Guys Walk Into a Bar. I am Sam. And I'm Jason. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Happy Election Day. Happy Election Day. You know, it's... I saw you a few weeks ago, but it just seems like every time I see you, it's been like a year. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to 2020. Well... It's, uh... Yeah. I mean, this is so fun. We can only do it once every four years, but... Well, uh, this this episode that is right, yeah. Although it seems like four years since we've done an episode. Well, it's funny. I was reflecting on that. Uh, you know, it was just over four years ago that we started this little little uh, endeavor. Um, much better then than now, but uh, because uh, it was right before my my girls were born, and they're four. Yeah, no, it's hard to believe that your twins are four now. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, mom is mom is a good sport. She's upstairs with the kiddos. It's evening time. We're gonna say this is this is election night, and uh, not Eve. I was gonna say Eve. That wouldn't be right. It's election night, uh, November third, twenty twenty. Depending uh, on when you, when you listen to this, I'm, I'm talking about when we're recording this. So, oh, okay. so it's about seven thirty Central Time. Uh, check your local listings, uh, and uh, we are we are just primed and ready to go to talk about anything other than the election. I'm assuming. Well, yeah, I mean, we got to talk a little bit about the election, but when I when I told my my wife that we were going to do a, an election night podcast tonight. She's like, you're not really going to talk politics, are you? And I'm like, well, yeah. She goes, your politics. You're not going to talk about your politics. And I was like, well, are there any other kind? And <laughs> she's like, well, uh, never mind. Nobody listens to the podcast anyway, so knock well, yourself out. I kind of look at it as like, talking about, like, I listen to some NPR uh, you, you make fun of me for that, but you know they got some good. Sto- they got some good stories out there. You know some good, uh, you know, uh, straight from life uh, reporting. Uh, not necessarily politics. There's a lot of that on there, but uh, a lot of good stories about people and adversity and you know overcoming stuff. And and when they talk, it's funny because when they talk about sex, they're like, we're not going to be graphic with it, but we're just going to acknowledge that it exists. And that's the way I look at politics. We're gonna, we're not going to talk about. It. I don't, I'm not going to talk about graphic. 
you know, my, my, my personal, you should do this, you should do that. But, you know, politics exist. Well, yeah, I mean, it, you're right. It's funny. I, I've been following tonight, and I don't follow politics, politics a lot. Uh, you and I know that. I mean, we've known each other a long time. But when you do, you drink Dos Equis? <laughs> That's right. Uh, I don't. I don't discuss politics as a religion. I also don't discuss religion uh, for political reasons. But um, it's, you know, obviously with everything that's happened in the last four years, and fast forward that to now, twenty twenty, uh, with the pandemic and social justice and this and that. Yeah, obviously tonight's a little bit different than uh, than it was four years ago. Um, and so I'm kind of just been following it, you know, and so our mutual fan, friend, the letter J, uh, wishes to remain anonymous. No, he should. Uh, and he should, uh, who's a bleeding heart liberal. Uh, you know, my, my parents and my wife's parents both live in Virginia and he, he texted me, you know, 30 minutes ago and said, Oh, Virginia just called, uh, called for Biden, you know, uh, blow the bridge. And my parents, live on a private island they have their own bridge uh and so i look up the re- i look yeah i look up the results here and virginia according to the map is a dark blue which stands for calling the state however donald trump is currently holding 58.9 percent of the votes and joe biden is only carrying 39.3 percent of the votes with seventy six percent of the votes reporting, how is how is Virginia calling for Trump? I mean, for Biden, it doesn't it doesn't even make any sense. It's, it's fake news. It's fake news. I tell well, you, yeah. So that's MSN. So I switch over to Fox, and they have the same thing. Fair and balance. <laughs> so they're, 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 it, it shows the same numbers, but they're like, yeah, we're going to give this one to Joe anyway. Yeah, so Donald Trump is leading by almost 20% with three quarters of the state reporting, and they're calling it for Biden. That makes zero sense to me. Um, you think in that uh, 20-some percent that's not been reported, there's a significant area of population that is they know is going to go blue? Yeah, but how do you know that? Oh, they know everything. I mean, well, I mean, Putin's on the other end of the line too. Going, you know, oh, <laughs> Joe, have you a Vermont? That's my that's my Russian accent. <laughs> yeah, Putin, Putin, uh, he's sitting here going, <laughs> yeah, elections. Uh, that's the other thing. Silly so, Americans. Silly Americans. So you were supposed to be able to vote in the anonymity of. Um, like it's anonymous. Like your votes aren't. Um, they don't know who you vote for. Correct. However, when I showed up today, I had to give my driver's license, and then I had to sign a piece of paper with my signature, saying, you know, this and that about voting. And I'm like, so they know I was here. They know what time I was here. They have a pretty good idea of how long it takes to fill out a ballot. They could probably identify 
you know, which ballot was mine um, when it got, you know, turned in. So, so much for not anonymous. But on top of that, on all these um, absentee ballots that get sent in, the big, I guess there was a rule that came out a week or two weeks ago that basically said, if you fill out an absentee ballot, but if you die before the election, your ballot doesn't count anymore. Your vote doesn't count because you're not alive. That's right. They want people to be committed to this. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how do they know? That's my point. Uh, it's supposed to be anonymous. How do they know if you're alive or dead? It's just crazy. Well, I know on every state is a little different in the absentee or the early voting, but basically they all run the same as that you you have a paper with your ballot and you put that in there and then you, there's a separate thing it's the envelope or another paper in it that that's what you sign and put your name and all that good stuff on um, and so when they open those ballots and they, they have to open them by hand which is archaic uh, they first look at the signature and look at that and then they have to verify it against something to say Joe Schmo is who he says he is. Okay, let's put his ballot in the in the ticker. So I don't know how fast the death records keep up with that though. But also, uh, the they have I mean, they're not gonna count all those paper ballots today, uh, or tomorrow. Uh, some states are doing them early, or they allow that. But some states they can't start counting until tomorrow. So, I, you know, it's a crapshoot. Well, basically, as I understand it, they're counting for 10 more days after today's election. Uh, they're allowing 10 days of mail time delivery for anything that was postmarked up to today. Um, now, yep. if it was postmarked as of tomorrow, it no longer is valid and not being counted. Um, for but some states. Allowed, for some states, correct. Some states are, it, they have to receive it by 7 p.m. or whatever their time is, the day of the election. It doesn't matter if yeah. it's postmarked today or not. So if they don't receive it today, yeah, too bad. Yeah. Well, there you go. So we're at uh, 43 minutes past 7 in the central time. And they've already called Arkansas, Mississippi, and Oklahoma for, for Trump. So there you go. That those don't surprise me though. No. No. So, Bye. so you know, this has been a, a, a there's our there's our breakdown of the election, Sammy. That's right. That's 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 our that's our that's our that's our warm up. So this has been a kind of a crazy year. Uh, you know, COVID. Uh, I'm going to hit some headlines here. Uh, <laughs> uh, you remember remember the murder hornets when that was a thing? Oh yeah. Yeah, they, they kind of didn't really get their due. Um, they kind of fell after social injustice and before the election. Uh, and kind of got pushed under the rug. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, I actually saw a story is somewhere up in the Northwest where they caught uh, a hive and got the two. There was a queen in there that they, they got her. And I'm like... All right, you got one hive. Pat yourself on the back there. Uh, 
but then there was a few other things. Um, and this has been going on for a while in Florida because everything good in the news happens in Florida. Uh, pythons and boas are just running amok in the in the Everglades. Uh, I mean, it's 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 a big deal down there. I mean, there's people getting paid going out to do nothing but catch snakes. Yeah. Uh, and then came along this one thing. Uh, I think it was around July. Uh, meth gators, because people are flushing their meth into uh, to the, the the sewer, and it gets into the waterways and whatnot. And now there's hot, hopped up gators on meth. Meth gators. Meth gators. Yeah. Did you not hear about that? No, I, I have not. I'm pretty sure I sent out a meme. It's it was it was a meme saying it's like this guy with a chalkboard, and uh, he had all these like uh, murder hornets. Uh, meth gators are on it. Uh, locusts, blah, blah, blah. and he's like, "All right, who had meth gators for August?" <laughs> I must have missed that one. You must have. Yeah, it was a good one. Must have been sandwiched in between uh, political uh, tweets or texts. Well, you know, it's 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 just a fire hose of information that comes across all the time. Uh, but you know, there's a little bit of normality that came through this at least in the late summer now and still going on right now uh and that's sports um sports are different but uh we just uh finished up the world series i didn't watch a single episode (laughs) didn't watch a single game uh but uh i hear through the grapevine that the dodgers won yes against exactly true against uh the marlins (laughs) no the other Florida team, the the Rays. The Rays. Oh yeah. Hey, was that guy in the oh, that always wears the Rays gear? Was he behind home plate? The guy that always wears the Rays gear. Yeah, like he, he, during every other World Series, he's like in bright orange. He's got the he's got the visor on. He's like a rich guy that goes to every World Series. Doesn't matter who's playing, and he always wears. Didn't he always wear uh, the the Rays gear? I don't know. I know who you're talking about, yes. Um, I also did not watch any of it. Uh, Now, it was not held in L.A. or Florida. They actually held the World Series in a neutral site in Texas. Oh, I was going to say in Jerusalem? No, not that neutral. Uh, They had it in um, Dallas, Texas at the Rangers' new stadium. Uh, They had 90% Dodger attendance um, because uh, the Rays don't attend regular season games anyway. Um, so why would they go to the World Series? But um, so I, I, I do not know if that guy was there or not. Hmm. We should we should research that later. Uh, so, um, but football's been going on. It has been, yes. And football's been pre- been pretty fun, uh, especially if you're a Chiefs fan. Uh, not so much if you're a Cowboys fan. <laughs> not so much, yes. Uh, Dak, uh, your quarterback, uh, got uh, you know got a, got an injury. Uh, is he going to walk again? Uh, walk again? Probably. Play again? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, I know when that injury happened, um, it was uh not good to be um 
non-medically uh, informed. But uh, in fact, when I watched that, even Joe Theismann and Alex Smith set out. But, yeah, I mean, his foot was on backwards. I mean, it's like he, it's, it wasn't even like he put their shoe on the wrong foot. Yeah, it was not not good. Um, mm-hmm. He appears to be in great spirits, um, but I, I don't know what it holds for his future. Um, and I've I, I've said it on this radio show, the sports radio show I do every week. Um, for all intents and purposes, he's a good dude, um, and he's a very talented quarterback. Um, I feel bad that he kind of gambled on himself and refused to sign this long-term deal because he thought he was going to get more money, um, and he ends up getting hurt this year, which uh, is going to hurt his chances, I think, going forward of getting paid. But um, but anyway, he, you know, I'm rooting for him. Uh, but it has been a bad year for the Dallas Cowboys. Not good. Not good at all. I think there's hope, though. I mean, Alex Smith. They were thinking about amputating his leg at one point, and you know he was able to come back this year. Yeah, um, and actually has you know played in the game this year and got elevated to the second string instead of the uh, third string. So, yeah, there is hope. Um, but a lot of that is subjective to Jarrah's opinion in terms of what where he thinks the Cowboys are and where they should be competing in the front. So, so have you guys uh, fired your uh, defensive coordinator yet? <laughs> Something that I've also said on my weekly radio show, how he continues to be employed is beyond me. Um I understand that um, it is uh, no off-season, very limited training, new coach, new system. Uh, And with that, there obviously will take some time. No preseason games. Um, But we're halfway into the season, and there has been no marketed improvement. at all and I watched Sunday night's game um, and where it was deemed they played better and I'm using air quotes uh, better in the sense that they only allowed 23 points instead of uh, 43 Um, but they could not stop anybody from running the football and um, that's not good. You know, they're not good. How he, he has a job, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't follow Cowboys, obviously, um, as much. But uh, it's it's easy for me to say because I'm a, I'm a Chiefs, Chiefs fan, uh, still riding high off of last year, last season. And, you know, we're still doing good. Um, team is doing fairly well. Um you know, make some mistakes, but uh, at the same time, uh, you know, we're still uh, we're still we're still going strong. So, uh, you know, I feel for you because honestly, I liked watching Dak, and um, you know, he was he was fun in those couple games. That he had that huge comeback. Uh, those were those were great games. Well, 
uh, in fairness, every game has been a huge comeback. Uh, they have been down <laughs> in every game they've played this year, <laughs> um, some further than others. But you're right. They were a very exciting team. They never laid down. They never rolled over. And he always uh, was very competitive, has a very competitive spirit. And uh, unfortunately, he's gone. And, and um, now they're working with their third string guy because their backup got got hurt as well so uh early returns on missouri uh 0.03 percent reporting and biden was 60 percent of the vote uh yeah i'm pretty sure that was uh those uh kansas city uh st louis major markets right there uh, yeah so um oh i had another question about baseball does this season count so, because uh, it, it wasn't a full season, I mean, what did they get? Forty-five games? No, they played sixty games. Sixty games, okay. Before the postseason, right? And um, I, I think that's all fair questions. Uh, that was so. You know, I've done a sports talk radio show now for several years. Um, I'm the co-host, so four people start assuming that, that it's my show. Uh, when there were no sports, uh, the conversation became uh, very political because there really was nothing else to talk about. But when sports came back, uh, i.e. the NBA, the NHL, the Major League Baseball, um, all sports that kind of had hit pause, um, with the exception of baseball, because they really hadn't started. They were still in the preseason. Um, the discussion became, well, does it, does it count? And, uh, I mean, the honest answer is Sammy, it, it does. I mean, they don't, they're not, they're not going to write that world series, you know, name on the trophy, uh, in pencil and you know erase it again uh but i think there were there was a lot of concern not necessarily for the world series because baseball is such a statistics sport um you know i guess people were worried that if somebody uh hit 400 this year that was gonna wipe away ted williams's record you know or if somebody had hit 70 home runs this year that in a shortened season that that was gonna i think that's where the all the questions came from well is this year gonna count because i was hoping or they were hoping that if anybody broke any record of significance that they could say well it doesn't count it was only a 60 game season um but uh yeah it counts i mean tell that to the dodgers tell them that their year uh didn't count well no i, I agree with that <clears throat> i just wonder because uh, uh, I watched a few games. My Royals were awful. Um, yep. But uh, also some teams that are typically have been better as of late um, weren't doing very well. Uh, Boston wasn't doing well. Uh, they had a similar record. We were not good. So part of me is like, did, and this is going to sound terrible, for me to say, and people will hate me. 
uh, did did they really put all they wanted? Did they really put it all into the game like they would have in a normal season? Roy- Royals, I can't say that they they didn't, but you know they didn't do well last year either. So. Yeah, I think that there's two ways to look at that. I mean, obviously, in the Royals' case, uh, they're in a rebuilding mode again. Um, you know, so they were going to be bad in a 162-game season or in a 60-game season. Um, the Red Sox uh, traded away their best player, uh, in Mookie Betts and lost three of their five starting pitchers uh, either to COVID, trade, or injury. Uh, and it turns out when you lose four key players like that, it ends up in, you're not very good either. Um, so, however, teams like the Marlins um, who are not very good in any other year at all, ever, um, ended up being really good this year. And was that because there was only 60 games? Um, You know, and had it been 162, they would not have been able to continue their momentum? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's obviously something to be said for that, and it's worth, you know, the discussion. Same with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, They were going to be better this year. all indications were pointing up for them, but to be as good as they were, um, you know, that was a surprise to a lot of people. Uh, so if they were that, you know, again, does that translate out to 162 games if they would have been that good still? You know, it's hard, it's hard to say, uh, but there were certainly a lot of surprises um, on the, you know, who ended up being really good and who ended up, being not very good. I guess that speaks to <clears throat> the folks that watch statistics, worrying about the the four hundred uh, batting average and and those kind of records. That you see a lot of teams throughout other seasons that they could have a mediocre or so so first start, you know, before the All Star game, and then just pull out all the stops after the All Star game, and then it's like a whole new season after that. Um, and vice versa, people, teams that have had a great uh, season leading up to the All-Star and then kind of fall apart afterwards. So I guess that's where I kind of come down to, you know, the half season, did it really showcase what Major League Baseball could have been this year? And it probably well, didn't. Well, this, you know, I would say this. This year is completely an abnormality regardless whether they played 162 games or 60 games. I mean, there is a lot obviously going on um, in the background, so to speak, uh, with the election and social injustice and COVID. Um, So, yeah, I've said if, if I was any sort of owner of any sport, I don't know that you could take away anything from this year. I don't know that you can fire your coach. I don't know if you could um, get rid of players because they didn't perform well, because it's just not a, it wasn't a normal situation. Um, It's hard to gauge 
on that, in my opinion. But, um, you know, baseball has been told, it has been said, I guess, 162 games is a lot. I mean, that's a long year. Um, And I've said it. You can win 10 games in a row and lose 10 games in a row and still not compete for the playoffs um, because the season is so long. And so a short season, you know, I I think changes a lot. But because of everything else that was going on in terms of, you know, the bubble, if you were talking about the NBA or the NHL or um, traveling, you know, the different divisions this year for baseball. Keep in mind, they didn't play a normal schedule. They, they didn't even play their own division. Uh, they just played geographical equals. Um, so Kansas City played both National League and, and American League central teams. Um, and the Red Sox played NL East and AL East teams. Um, it just There was nothing normal about this year. Uh, and so I, I think it's just hard to really take anything away uh, in terms of, of what it meant. Uh, the only people that would argue that, of course, would be the Dodgers, who said they finally won. So That's right. They got close many years <clears throat> in the playoffs. They got in the series, and they just never kept – they just kept coming up short year after year when they, when they had a chance. So Yeah. So good for them. So um, – this this is a beer show, we say. Um, so I, I'm I'm getting close to the end of my beer. Uh, my, so am I. <laughs> so so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk for a second about uh, what I, what I've got going on here. Um, you know, in honor of today, I've got an American IPA uh, from Schlafly Brewery from the great state of Missouri, St. Louis. Uh, yeah. Who's currently thirteen point six percent reporting. And Biden was sixty-seven percent of the vote. So, and uh, this this is uh, I haven't had this in quite a while. Slaffly American Pale Ale. Yeah, no uh, IPA. Yeah, IPA. Yeah, India Pale Ale. And, yeah, uh, and uh, this is this is quite good. Um, you know, bitter, uh, not not citrus, uh, no 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 citra hop or no. Um, tastes of orange or or grapefruit or anything like that i mean it's just a just a good american hopped uh probably a lot of uh uh, cascade going in there uh but just a good amount of bitterness um and uh just i mean it's just delightful it has probably been what's this year 2020 it has probably been I don't know, 10 years, maybe, if, since I've had a Schlafly beer. Um, well, that's too long, my friend. It, it is too long. And I say that, it probably hasn't been 10 years. Uh, because I remember a few years ago meeting Danny Schlafly uh, at a tasting event at my old establishment. And you, um, you bought him a Budweiser? Yeah, that's right. I bought him a Budweiser. Um, so, uh, they are, I mean, they were one of the originals. They were certainly one of the originals in Missouri. Um, there was Anheuser-Busch first and there's Boulevard and Schlafly, but in the, and it, you know, 
in the craft beer scene, I mean, they were one of the first in this state in the Midwest to kind of yeah. start to, you know, do this, do this thing. It's ironic that you pick Schlafly because I'm actually drinking a Boulevard beer. Oh, um, yeah. And we didn't rehearse this at all. Oh, uh, both coasts of the state. Yeah. The Boulevard out of Kansas city, Missouri, you're, you're Schlafly out of St. Louis. Boulevard started in 89. I'm actually drinking a, uh, uh, it's called Crustfall. And it's a peri, it's a peach berry pie sour, uh, which they did in collaboration with the Rheingeist Brewery out of Cincinnati. Um, a very good brewery, by the way. Uh, they, we don't get their stuff individually. The only time you ever get to drink Rheingeist is when they're in collaborations. But, um, it is imperial Berliner style vice ale with peach, blackberry, blueberry, and other natural flavors. And they call it imperial sour because sours generally are lower alcohol. Um, and uh, but this one comes in at seven and a half percent. So that's uh, uh, it's pretty so- stout sour there. Yeah, yeah, no pun intended. Uh, so. So yeah, uh, yeah, Schlafly w- uh, was once known as the other brewery in St. Louis. Uh, outside of Anheuser Busch, I mean, I mean, it was it for for a while, and then uh, this uh, uh, beer craft beer revolution number two, as you like to call it, uh, 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 came around, and they came in, and now, I mean, there's breweries, I mean, there's breweries everywhere. I mean, uh, just in our local market, uh, there was one uh, just announced going to be going into Battlefield, Missouri. Which is not too far from where you live, um, and yeah. Which, which is surprising because I hadn't heard that. Yeah, no, yeah. There's a, there's a craft craft brewer that just got signed on and uh, got permitted to start building this brewery in Battlefield. Uh, so it's uh, uh, you know Springfield now has that brewery district they like to call it um, with uh, you know you've got uh, uh, Lost Signal, you got Four by Four up there, you got uh, Mothers, you got Springfield Brew Co. You got uh, White. Is White River still going? Yes. Okay. I knew. Barely. He, I, well, I know. I knew he died, and then you know that was all up in the air. So, um, so yeah. I mean, uh, and my, many more other than that. I mean, just in this area. So, uh, for me, I mean, it's it's this is exciting, uh, just because I you know I like to I like try stuff from other states and ever, everywhere else. But I also like to, you know, I like to see stuff coming in from uh, just local guys. Well, in the time that we started this podcast four years ago, um, I think Springfield has tripled uh, in the amount of breweries that have come on board. I think when we started four years ago, there was Springfield Brew Co., which is the original. Uh, there was Mothers and there was White River. Um, and there may have been some others kind of on the outside, like uh, Piney River, which is about an hour from here, hour and a half. Um, but now uh, you add in, um, in the same metro area now, 4x4, uh, four four, uh, Great Escape, Tyne Timber, Lost Signal, 
um, Hold Fast, uh, and I'm forgetting another one down in, in Ozark. Um, and then, as you mentioned, another one coming online in, in um, Battlefield. That's a lot of breweries now. It is. And I, w- I was always the one that was banging on the on the table saying, why is Asheville, which has half the population, a better beer destination, Asheville, North Carolina, that is, uh, with 16, you know, world-class breweries. And here we are, uh, you know, rapidly catching up. Yeah. Um, that said, Asheville is still kicking our, our ass um, yeah. because their, their breweries are better. But uh, they're still yeah, we're they're, they're still they're still world class and we're you know we're we're efforting yeah, we're we're getting there yeah we're getting there and and honestly uh you, you bring up boulevard earlier i mean i think boulevard a few years ago kind of in my mind kind of stalled out a little bit but now with their collaborations they've been doing and some new stuff uh they're coming back i think uh in a, in a big way what well, I- you know, it's funny that you say that because I think you're 100% right. Um, Boulevard actually got bought by a brewery in New York called uh, Oma Gang and um, Cooperstown, New York, Baseball Hall of Fame. And um, they're actually part of a Belgian brewery uh, network. Um, and I think with that purchase was somewhat of a decline. Um, but uh, with beers like this one, which is a, a very good sour beer, um, I had a beer a customer brought in this past Saturday, uh, a collaboration beer again that they did with a uh, side project out of St. Louis, which is a very uh, world-renowned um, brewery. Uh, and another brewery called Weldworks, they did a uh, an imperial stout, barrel-aged imperial stout called Let's Keep It Plutonic. Um, it was one of the best stouts I've had in a decade, and it was easily the best beer, stout beer, Boulevard's ever done. Um, and so I think you're right, they're, they're on a hot streak right now, and... Um, <clears throat> You know, and that's a good thing. Anytime any brewery is making good beer, that nobody loses when a brewery makes good beer. Um, only only the public loses when they make bad beer. But you know, it's funny, and I don't know if we've talked about that on on this show or not. But I went to a uh, alcohol convention in New Orleans in 2014. Um, because if you're going to have an alcohol convention, New Orleans should be where it is. Um, and I listened to a woman talk about uh, back in 2014, you know, the, the, the second microbrew revolution was kind of coming on. And she said that, uh, you know, people root for their local brewery the way they root for their alma maters. Um, and that's, they kind of hope they're going to be good, but they understand that they're probably not going to be good, but because it's their alma mater, they're going to keep rooting for them. 
And, you know, a lot of these local breweries fit into that category. You're kind of okay. Um, you drink them because they're local and you think you're doing a good thing by supporting local. Um, but you kind of hope they were better. And uh, Boulevard has really kind of gotten um, better lately. Uh, and part of that is their willingness to work with other breweries like Rheingeist and uh, Sideworks, which are making, you know, Side Project, which are making world-class beers. And, um, you know, uh, it's just uh, they, they've definitely gotten better. Yeah. Well, this is just in. <clears throat> so to your statistic earlier on Virginia – uh, Missouri has been projected uh, to go to Trump with currently uh, 64% of the vote going to Biden and 34.5% going to Trump. Yeah. And uh, Wyoming has been also projected to go to Trump with 0% of the vote reported with 0 to 0 Trump and Biden. Is, yeah, no, I, this is a nail biter. Yeah, so I saw that at 8.03 our time, which was 7.03 Wyoming time and Nebraska and South Dakota, all three of those states were projected to Trump uh, with 0.0% uh, in, you know, coming in. And I'm like, okay, so why are we counting? Uh, I mean, why don't we just all just get on there and go, okay, uh, you're going to be a Trump state. You're going to be a Biden state. Um, Virginia, by the way, at 85%, 85.5% is still projected to Biden with 58.3% of the votes going to Donald Trump. I, it, it just blows me away. Yeah. Well, uh, I think I think we need to take a pause because I need a refill. Yeah. Um, I'm out. I so need to get another beer. I'm getting parched talking about breweries and everything. So uh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to hit the pause button on this, and uh, we'll be back uh, in two and two, as uh, Chuck uh, Woolery would say. Uh, and, uh, and if any sponsor wants to pay us for that, uh, we'd be happy to put you in there. All right. We'll see you in a minute. And we're back. Thanks for, uh, pausing with us for a station break and a note from our sponsors. Uh, Who's Who sponsored us? Yeah, I know. You're going to have to listen to it, uh, in post, uh, to find that out. Uh, so I'm going to, yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start things off uh, just to go ahead and talk about the beer that I just got, uh, and uh, this is one. Uh, it's not it's not uh, unusual. It's not uh, rare, uh, but it's one that I haven't had in a few years, uh, and that's a Black Butte Porter out of Deschutes from home of the Murder Hornets, Bend, Oregon. Is that where Murder Hornets came from? Was Deschutes? No, been Oregon, you know, north northwest. That's where they no, first that first came in. So was there like a experimental uh, science uh, lab that went awry, or what happened? No, I think I think they just uh, what I remember hearing is that they came in on a shipment uh, of something and got into you know got in be, became an invasive invasive species. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, here they are, murder hornets. Huh. Okay. It's, it's, it's a good beer. Uh, 5.5% alcohol. So lo- lower on the range, 
My wife even likes this one. She doesn't like stouts, but she likes this porter. I would argue um, porters, domestic porters, there are few and far between um, that are considered very good. And part of that is we're talking about porters, which nobody really cares about. Um, but I can count on one hand how many very good to exceptional ones they are. there are. And I would say Black Butte is, is one of those. Um, well, it's and it's a- been a minute the sense I've had one. But. Well, it's obviously got staying power. I mean, nobody out there uh, is... Uh, looking for that next great porter in their microbrew in, in the United States, really. Um, yeah, there's probably a few that do them, but you don't hear about them. And this one, this one is, is mass marketed and has, well, been, has been so yeah, for a long time. I, I don't remember the last time a porter, a brewery, a new brewery has come to us and said, hey, we got a new beer. It's called a porter. Uh, you know, that has not been done for some time. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm talking about Black Butte. I'm talking about, uh, Sierra Nevada. I'm talking about, uh, founders. I mean, those are great domestic, uh, porters. Um, Boulevard used to do one bully Porter. Oh yeah. Um, that, that was a good one. They, yeah, they don't, they don't do anymore. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's a, that's a good pull. So when Deschutes launched, in Missouri, uh, and I forget how many years ago it was, but it, it was while I was um, at my old place. I obviously was in this industry. Yeah, um, it started with Mirapon. Was it just the Mirapon, one? Mirapon Pale Ale. Yeah. Uh, which at the time of their launch in Missouri, and again, I don't remember what exactly year that was, they were the number two pale ale in the country, second to only Sierra Nevada. And Sierra Nevada was in all 50 states, and Deschutes was only in 32. Um, and so they had the 30, they had the number two best selling mirror pond in the country uh, without being in all 50 states, while the best seller was in all 50 states. Uh, so that was that was good. Yeah. So what you got going on? What what'd you pull? So I, I sticked uh I sticked. I stuck a little more regional. Uh I'm drinking a beer from Brewery in Oklahoma, uh called American Solera. Uh Oklahoma, by the way, is has uh called it for Trump at sixty two percent of the vote with fifty six percent reporting. Um, so they gave him a seven electoral votes, but I am drinking a, uh, double dry hopped, uh, galaxy double India pale ale, um, American Solera to give you the backstory, uh, was founded by the owner that started Prairie Brewing in Oklahoma. Um, uh, Prairie Brewing, which we've had on this show, uh, well, not not the owner, the beer, um, and uh, but he since sold Prairie and then took that money and created American Solera out of uh, out of Oklahoma. Oh. 
And how how is it? It's good. Uh, I, I like it quite a bit. Um, he does uh, stouts, farmhouse sales, and, and IPAs. And I stay away from farmhouse sales just because of the uh, earthiness of it. And um, I stay away from stouts now because of the alcohol percentage. Uh, so that, that Boulevard beer that I, I told you I had the other day, this customer brought to me at work at like 10 o'clock in the morning and uh, out of a bomber. And so basically the customer, myself, and my beer manager were all sharing a glass and 14.2%. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. It makes for an unproductive day. Yeah. The <clears throat> remainder of your shift. But um, these stouts, which, and I love stouts, don't get me wrong. Um, they're just too much now. You can't, and you know, this is old man, stay off my lawn, you know, type type deal at 51 years of age but uh you just can't you just can't drink like that anymore uh, at least i can't and at least you know be productive uh and by productive i mean responsive uh to to anybody so so um i was i was looking at uh, or i was listening to a couple of podcasts as i am want to do on my drive into work. And I learned something this last week. So did you know that every, every person, almost pretty much every person, uh, has living on their body mites? I think you've told me that before. Um, and I don't even know how we would have gotten on that conversation, frankly, but, um, it is, uh, like if you don't change your mattress and you don't have to buy a new one, but if you don't like flip it regularly, like 25% of your body weight is sitting there in, in basically dead cells. Oh yeah. And that's not even because of mites. That's just because you slough off skin. If you don't, if you don't get a new mattress every 10 years or better, uh, that thing weighs twice as much as when you bought it. Yeah, that's bizarre to me. Well, it is interesting uh, to me that uh, uh, because, uh, you know, they, they said that, well, they don't like the light, so they live in your follicles, in your hair, and then when you go to sleep at night, that's when they come out and they start eating. Well, that's, uh, that is just crazy. Yeah, crazy disturbing. Yeah, no, there's nothing positive about that on any level at all. I don't even know what a mite might look like, um, pun intended, but um, I imagine they look like a flea. And I don't mean like a fly. I mean like a flea, like a dog flea. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, probably. I mean, you just can't see them. They're just uh, microscopic. So, but yeah, as as something I found out uh, this week, and uh, I uh, 
uh, gleefully shared it with my wife, which disturbed her completely. And she asked me to stop. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably not the first time. Uh, well, let's, let's, uh, you know, we've been on politics for a while. Let's talk, talk about something a little less uh, controversial. Uh, how's the Pope doing? The Pope? Yeah, the Pope. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't follow his Twitter feed. Uh, oh, it's hilarious. You should. I mean, that guy, he's yeah. full of one-liners. And, you know, full disclosure, since COVID has begun, I've not been back to Mass. Um, so I'm a little out of the, of the Pope, uh, what he's kind of been up to, uh, lately deal. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, um, would be deemed, um, health concern being a type two diabetic. Um, and my wife is in the medical field, so we are. Uh, trying to limit our exposure, so uh, we have we have not been to mass um, as a result. So I, I don't know what the the pope's been up to, honestly. Well, he, he said something kind of controversial about a week ago. I, I called you about it. Yeah, no, no, I, I remember that, uh, but I also remember you starting this segment with you wanted to get away from controversy so I, I wasn't sure which route you were going oh you know i i like to keep everybody guessing uh yeah no he came out and he said you know um uh, civil unions who am i to judge i'm paraphrasing of course um, sure uh but um but yeah that was that was something that uh took a lot of people by surprise yeah no i i, I was surprised when you called me and, and told me that, um, you know, I, I fully expected he was going to say something about the election uh, or about when you said, hey, did you hear what the Pope said? Um, you know, I, what you told me he said was not what I thought you said or what I thought you were going to tell me he said. Um, I thought it was going to be far more non uh, Catholic church centric, uh, so to speak. So, so, uh, yeah, uh, it was, it was kind of interesting. Um, uh, and I was just trying to really trying to get some shock out of you that day just because, um, you know, it's 2020 and you don't know what to expect. Well, right, which is why I was surprised by what he you said he said, but I wouldn't call my reaction shocked. Um, but it is uh, it is 2020, and the Lord knows what you're going to hear or what you're going to find out, um, because it is not um, this is not a normal year uh, on any stretch. It is not. Well, uh, so you had made a statement, uh, a couple statements about kind of your your not opinion of your politics, but how you think the country is going to go when it comes to this election. And right now we've got where's Biden at in the electoral uh, called votes? Is it one twenty nine? Well, I guess it depends on your source, but according to uh, MSN. He's at 122, 
and Trump is at 92. Um, but again, that's with Virginia falling his way with 57% of the vote going to Trump uh, with 89% of the vote in. So I'm not sure exactly how that math works. Wow. Uh, uh, Fox even's got Biden at uh, 129 to 94. I yeah. Thought, I thought Fox, right. was, Fox was on his side. <laughs> but I'm also seeing where Florida, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Maine, and Texas are all leaning Trump, um, which is another hundred basically electoral, uh, but not locked Trump. So at this stage, who knows? Um, I would I would be the first to tell you, and I've said this uh, to numerous people and perhaps even to you, if Trump doesn't win, he has nobody to blame but himself. Um, there are, and I know I said this to my parents last night, who I was trying to avoid talking to until after the election. How are they? They doing good? Yeah, no, they're they're doing fine. Good. Tell them I said hi. Um, <laughs> I, they'll be here for Thanksgiving, so I'm sure you'll see them again. But oh, that's, I didn't want to say they're they're actually coming into our house the week before. <laughs> they want they want to see the kids as always. As always, yes. Um. So, you know, he's not, he's not a tremendously popular individual. And uh, a lot of that is just based on how he carries himself and how he presents himself. Um, I've said it to you, if he, his political um, campaign had been, hey, look at your 401k, you're welcome. Um, before you go vote, I think he would have been um, probably far more liked uh, because there's no question, um, you know, is he qualified to do the job? Absolutely. Yeah, the last four years have, have proven that. Is he um, popular? No. Uh, is he come off as, you know, brash and and uncaring and as a bully 100 percent. well let's let's, um, let's talk qualified for a second because all you have to do to be qualified to be a president is 35 years of age and a citizen a natural born citizen that's it yeah he was both of those yeah okay all right just just make sure we're putting that out there yes but i i think if you look back let's let's look back over the since since Reagan, all right. Let's look at the presidents that have been in office since you and I have been alive. Oh, uh, the Gipper, um, Jimmy Carter. Yeah. He was the president when I was alive. Yeah, I wouldn't use him as an example, but um, so you know, qualified. You can use air quotes for that. And by qualified, I mean you know what was his political background, this and that. And four years ago, when Trump was elected. I think there were a lot of questions about his qualifications. He was a reality show host. He never held any form of political office. He's never been a senator. He's never been a House representative, never been a governor. Uh, the only thing he's been is a pop culture figure. He's a billionaire. His famous quote is, you're fired. Um, 
So I think you could argue four years ago that he really wasn't that qualified. But, you know, what he's done in four years is I'd, I'd say he is qualified. Um, and I'm not saying that Biden isn't. I'm just saying that based on the last four years of what he's accomplished, I'd, I'd say he's qualified. Um, what he is not, however, is an endearing personality. And um, and I'd be the first to tell you, I don't, I actually don't think he should have a tweet, Twitter feed or, a, or the ability to tweet. Oh, no. um, I, I don't find him to be um, a compassionate individual. Uh, and I think you could even use the term bully, um, and which you don't look for from the position of the most powerful, uh, person in the world. I think you look for somebody a little more compassionate, uh, a little more understanding, um, all of those things he is not. Um, so if he does lose tonight, um, you know, I think he, he has no one to blame but himself. But at the same time, you know, if you're able to look past that, um, you know, the quality, I don't think you can argue he's pro-America. Um, he's he's I mean, pro-capitalism. <laughs> which is America. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think that's, there's there's other people that I think they feel they're, pro, they're pro-American. And they, it means something different than them. But for for Trump, it's it's about it's it's about the stock market. It's about uh, economic. It's about uh, you know making America great through um, America's greatness of financial and uh, probably military might, uh, which is very a very conservative viewpoint uh, amongst a, a lot of folks. I mean, I'm a conservative. Um, and, uh, but at the same time, uh, yeah, him, I, I followed his Twitter account and I got notifications on his tweets for the first two and a half years. One as a joke, cause I made the joke. I was like, I just want to know when, when the shoe's going to fall and the other shoe's going to drop. But when it got to about 10 o'clock at night through about one in the morning and the barrage of tweets that would happen. At that time, every night. I mean, granted, I let it go on for a lot longer than I thought I should, and and my wife thought I should. But I'm like, I got to turn this off. I can't. I can't. I can't do this anymore. Uh, well, because as soon as I would like one thing that happened, then he would say ten other things that I'd be like, Oh Jesus, just shut up. Yeah, and I, I think Sammy, you're you're 100 fair in saying that because um, I think there's something that comes with it that's called being presidential um, and it's it, you know you can argue that's optics more than anything but um, you know the other Sunday night the Simpsons were on uh, and I, I love the Simpsons I've not watched them in some time uh, as it is a cartoon and I'm 51 years old now, but um, it's a tremendously well done show. And I believe them all to be very uh, talented 
people. You can't be on the air for <laughs> the length of time that they have and, and be inept. That's, it's, um, it's very prophetic, too, because uh, they uh, spoofed him running for president years before with the scene of him coming down the escalator at Trump Tower. Sure. And that's so, what happened. I know. Does Trump watch so, The Simpsons and he just had to recreate it? Or did it just happen? Yeah. Mind blown. So th- this episode, of course, they have a Halloween episode 20 years now in a row. This was their election episode. And they never mentioned people. They never mentioned the current president. They never mentioned the running mate. Um, but uh, the daughter, um, whose name I cannot recall. Now, Lisa. Lisa was uh, challenging Homer because he was going to, he was he had fallen asleep through the election and almost wasn't going to be able to vote. And she had woke him up and challenged him and said, you need to go vote. Can't you remember everything that's happened over the last four years? And they show Homer kind of doing a think back mode. And they basically played in his think back mode um, all of President Trump's quotes, controversial quotes, uh, like when he called Baltimore a city of, you know, that smells of rats and, um, you know, when he went after LeBron James for not being very smart and uh, called football players certain names and this and that. Um, never mentioned Trump's name, but said all these things, that, you know, repeated all these things that he had said. Uh, and it was very clever because if you were to read that, you'd go, well, God, no, you shouldn't have said that. That's just dumb. Um, but in the life that we live now, you don't get to take that away. It's, it's out there forever. Um, and you know, that's on him because he, he never took what you would define as the higher road. Um, and he was always very, and to maybe to his credit, as some would say, he's been who he, he is, who he is. He said he was going to be this way. He said he was going to do the things that he did. He accomplished everything he said he was going to do, uh, which is rare for a politician. Um, and perhaps uh, as a result has, has set people the wrong way. But, um, you know, he, 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 you know, when Reagan was in office, he was presidential. He never attacked anybody. When Bush was in office, he was presidential. When Clinton was in office, he was presidential. You can say, well, what about him and, uh, you know, his mistress? Well, you know, what about JFK and his mistress? Mistress You know, it just, they have, it just, it's part of what happens. And uh, so, uh, but, you know, Obama, for all his faults, you know, he was never attacking people. Uh and so I, I you know, I, I think if if he doesn't win tonight, it's more of a reflection of how you carry yourself than it is um, you know, results oriented, if you will. Yeah. So end of the day, well, probably not this day, next week, maybe. No matter who wins, election's done, new president has been uh declared. 
Does coronavirus go away? Yes. Yeah, I, I think that's been the one tragedy of all this, um, that uh, that this was used. Had this happened in any other year than in an election year, uh, the results would be completely different. Um, you know, uh, I, I think it does go away. I think it changes things. I've already heard um, on the liquor and alcohol side that once the election is over, uh, regardless of who wins, uh, the cities of St. Louis and Kansas City are going to go back to shutting things down um, because that's the smart thing to do. Um, Massachusetts yesterday announced that they are <laughs> shutting things down um, because they're num- they, you know the numbers are going through the roof. Uh, our numbers in Missouri. A month ago, we were 25th in the nation. Yesterday, we were 15th. Um, that's not good. Uh, you know, we've gained 10 spots in basically 30 days. Um, and you would argue for political gain, essentially. But uh, yeah, I, I think it. I think it changes everything once it's over. Hmm. Yeah, I've I've heard it both ways, and uh, I I really don't know what to. Uh, feel on it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it, it's real, and many people have suffered and died. And I've known several people now that have gotten in COVID. Uh, thankfully, I've not known anybody that died. Um, uh, but a few, a couple that have gotten really, really sick, um, and have taken a little bit extended time to recover. Um, but, um, that being said, um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, me being a conservative and, you know, I'm okay with, uh, masking up. I'm okay with, uh, doing the things that seem logical, uh, in, in having at least the minimal amount of care for other people, um, you know, my inconvenience is uh, not overwhelming uh, to uh, put on somebody else, in my opinion. So, um, you know, all that being said, after everything's all said and done, it goes away. I'm still probably going to mask up and keep doing what I'm doing. I'm definitely going to do it because probably my work is going to require it um, continually because um, I don't think that's going to change. Um, but... Um, but, um, I'll probably still, you know, be the only person in price cutter or, uh, the grocery store, uh, going around and people looking at me like I'm uh, going to rob the place. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think that's been the, the tragedy of, of all this is that, um, everything has been politically charged or challenged, whether it was for the right reason or not. Um, if you were making a decision that was medically based, uh, your political affiliation, unfortunately, was going to be uh, brought to light as a result of it. Um, you know, and, and hopefully that does go away tomorrow or next week or whenever that does, be so we can go back to making decisions what we feel is the, the right, you know, what is the right thing. 
um, which I think has been lost in, in all of this. But um, I don't know when that, you know, and I've said it uh, to you and I've said it to others, you know, um, I mean, how long has HIV been a part of our culture? No, um, since uh, that, 1980 or yeah. thereabouts. Mid-80s, the early 80s, with trillions of dollars invested into research, and we still don't have a cure. I mean, we have a... We have a... a treatment. course of action. Yeah. A treatment. But we don't have a cure. I mean, how much cancer, how much money have we spent on cancer? Uh, and we, we don't have a cure. We have treatments. We don't have a cure. Uh, the idea that we're going to wake up tomorrow with a with a cure for COVID, or the idea that we're going to wake up six months from now with a cure for COVID. Well, um, and I I don't, I don't think anybody's alluded to the fact that we're going to have a cure. Uh, we don't have a cure for the flu. I mean, the flu started with the Spanish flu, <clears throat> the 1918 out- outbreak. Um, every flu has come from that outbreak, uh, you know, for, in one form or another. Um, I've done some research on this because I've watched a lot of stuff on it, and and uh, it's interesting to me how history is repeating itself in COVID. And COVID is not the flu; it's a different thing altogether. It's a virus, but it's a different type of thing altogether. It didn't come from it. Uh, but I I went and found some history on that flu. One, uh, they called it the Spanish flu because. Um, it came out during World War One, the Great War, um, and was during, it great? Well, that's that's how it's referred. Um, <clears throat> but they, uh, it wasn't reported on in any of the any of the uh, uh, United States. It wasn't being reported on really much anywhere except in Spain. And Spain was talking about it, talking about how it was overcoming them. And then that's how it became known as the Spanish flu. It didn't originate there. Um, now, uh, as Trump likes to call it, the China flu, um, everything s- points to uh, it still coming from China or somewhere in there. Um, but still, we're trying to place a moniker on it of, of designation. Um when it's something that wasn't contained there, and it should, it could have been maybe, um, you know, people can debate that, whatever. Um, but uh, at the same time, uh, you look at the, I, I looked at some of the news articles from 1918 and, and, and just after, and there were protests, there were anti-mask rallies, there were, you know, masking mandates going on, and it just it just really opened my eyes and boggled me from the standpoint of like this is this is the the quintessential of if you don't learn from history you're doomed to repeat it and and here we are oh sure uh, i mean i just saw something before getting on the phone with you uh you know you do these stupid clickbait things and uh you know 20 pictures of back in the Past that you couldn't show today, type deal, uh, or that would blow your mind. And, you know, one of them was a picture of these five individuals standing there with masks on and a black and white photo. Uh, one of them wearing a sign that says, "If you don't wear a mask, you go to jail." 
And it was a photo taken during the Spanish flu. Yeah, yeah, I saw um, that one. And, and you think to yourself, you know, last year, if you'd seen that, you would think, oh, it's just dumb. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't even make sense. And now you think it and you go, you see it and you go, oh, my God, how real is that? I mean, how we we are repeating history. You've always heard it. You know, those ignorant are doomed to repeat it. Um, you know, and here we are, uh, you know, 20 or 80 years later uh, or so. Um, I'm not sure where my math is. Uh, we're over 100. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there we go. Yeah. That's right. We're in the 2000s now. Yeah. Um, so 100 years later, here we are repeating ourselves. Um, and I suspect if we were alive then, there was a left and a right. There were people telling you that you should wear a mask uh, because that's what the right thing to do for your fellow man. And then there was a group of people telling you you shouldn't wear a mask because by God, you're American and um, that, in, you know, that infringes on your rights uh, to do so. So, yeah. So uh, we're rounding uh, an hour and 15 minutes there. Uh, Jay's happy. Yeah. So uh, maybe we can end or start wrapping up on the, the subject. It'd probably be a short one, I'm sure. Uh, so is there any scenario that you see by the end of the week either candidate conceding victory to the other? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, in a word, no. Um I, you know, I try really hard uh, not to be political. And, and I've said this, and we've been friends a long time, and we have dear friends of ours that uh, we've all known and we all love and, and dear, you know, dearly. Uh, and some of our group is left and some of our group is right. And what I love about our group is that that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and and I wish that that was, uh, I wish that was a blueprint uh, or a footprint or however you want to word it for how America should work. Um, it is. It doesn't work like that. Uh, I wish it would be as simple as. Um, that i mean i'm looking at the map right now and even with virginia's uh 93 reporting calling for biden at 43 percent of the vote and donald trump at 55 percent of the vote um there is uh damn near 100 electoral votes that are probably going to go to trump there's a lot more red than there is blue um yeah but wyoming's a big state yeah, and, and <laughs> so is Montana, and, um, and that doesn't, I'm sure, include all you know the last two weeks of absentee ballots and and all of that. So to answer your question, uh, nobody is walking away from this, um, and you know, my dad said it. You know, last night, I thought he was pretty profound for, for somebody who I think is obviously very much on one side of the 
perspective, he says, you know, really, nothing's really going to change. You know, if Trump wins, they're going to riot. If Trump loses, they're going to riot. <laughs> um, because that's all really they know how to do. Uh, <laughs> honestly, that bother. I think that bothers me the most, not because he's right, but because of the hypocrisy of the right. So all the 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 social injustice uh, riots that happened, and the right condemning it, saying you shouldn't burn, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, and if if they were to do the same thing, then they're no better, you know, uh, you know. And honestly, I don't know that they have a better cause. I mean, uh, you know, the there is racism in this country. I, I truly believe this. Uh, no question. And, that's not that's never been debatable, by the way. And 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 you know, black and brown and whatever demographic you want to put in there, they have tr- been treated way more unfairly than anybody that looked like you or me. They're white. Uh, and uh, if anybody had a had a case for it, in my opinion, uh, it it would be that that those communities. Um, now, do I agree with it? No. Um, do I understand it better today than I did a year ago? Absolutely, I do. Um, because I didn't know everything I know now that back then. And, um, you know, and how, honestly, uh, you know, privileged I am. And even though, <clears throat> you know, I wasn't well off growing up, you know, we, my parents lived paycheck to paycheck. But even then, we were still better off uh, than uh, most, in, most any inner city uh, kid that was that was uh, living at the same time. Well, sure, and, and I've said it. I mean, I, I live in a white privileged neighborhood, not not by choice. It just it is what it is. It's upper, yeah. it's considered upper middle class. And you know, when I ran along the golf course this weekend, and I saw eight homes with. Uh, Trump Pence banners, and I didn't see a single one with the Biden banner. It's easy for me to go, well, you know, Trump's going to win. Um, but I'm, you know, my, from my perspective, it's a lot different than uh, somebody growing up in, in downtown Detroit. Um, and I've not experienced that. So, um, you know, what I, what I think has been great, uh, but at the same time, sad is that there's been a lot more dialogue um, over the last couple of years. But the problem is you really can't have dialogue anymore. Right. Uh, there really can't be, other than, you know, this dopey podcast, uh, people really can't sit down and talk about politics anymore, not without offending somebody else, because there is no middle ground. It's either you're right and I'm wrong, or I'm right and you're wrong. And... That's not really the case. Uh, there really is a middle ground. There really is um, opportunity for for handholding uh, across the aisle uh, to fix problems, but it doesn't appear uh, that you know anybody's really interested in that. And I say that Missouri and Kansas have now both switched to red. Um, they were previously blue, so. Yeah, we got uh, Biden at one twenty nine, according to Fox, and uh, Trump surging up to one oh nine. So twenty yeah. electorals away. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a nail biter. 
So uh, nobody's walking away with this. This isn't Trump versus Clinton, um, where the Democrats found the one person in America people hated more than Trump, uh, which was Hillary Clinton. Um, you know, she has a podcast now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anybody can have a podcast now. I mean, we were such trailblazers back. <laughs> we were not trailblazers. We were bandwagoners. <laughs> we led this charge, Sammy. We were uh, we were one of the OGs. We were one of the original. Now Hillary Clinton <laughs> have a podcast. Who cares what she has to say? Who's listening to her podcast? What are her numbers? Is she talking about beer and pop culture? Yeah, I, I don't know what she's talking about. I just heard ads uh, on uh, other podcasts that I listen to for uh, and talking with her friends, I guess. I don't know. Um, Let, let's he, get her on our podcast. Uh, let's, I'm, let's I'm sure she'll it. sign up tomorrow. I'll, I'll, I'll tweet her uh, <laughs> in all caps. Yeah. <laughs> Texas has also turned red, by the way. Oh. Um, with 51% of the votes in, and Florida, and 97%. Ooh, oh, Nelly. It's getting tight. We'll see. Well, I think that's uh, that's uh, putting on a good cliffhanger uh, to, to leave it at for, for tonight. Um, and uh, uh, just to remind everybody out there, uh, the views expressed by the hosts of the show are, are their own. They're not reflective of our sponsors. Um, and uh, just want to make sure to make that clear. We had any, yeah. Uh, so, uh, their political views. So, uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, anything you want to you want to end on uh, this evening? No, I, I think we I think we did a good job. I think we healed America. Uh, you know, at least we didn't make it worse. You know, and in 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 a lot of books, that's a win. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, we were gonna we were gonna try this yesterday, but um, my car broke down. You were receiving a dead cow and a pig. Yeah. Um, yeah. In true Missourian fashion. Yeah. Um, kind of complicated things. So the funny thing about the funny I think I shared this story once. So I moved here from Tampa, Florida, uh, big city, Tampa. Yeah, and, oh, been there. Love it. Uh, yeah, love that town. Mons Venus we've been to. Oh, yeah. Can't forget that yeah. one. Yeah, no. Um, and uh, theme park industry, which, which you're still a part of, and I, I'm formally of. Um, I'd been here a week, and my first on-duty call for my division was an employee that couldn't make it to work because their pig got loose. <laughs> and I thought I was on candid camera. I thought I was being punked. But this was back in 2003, probably when punked was still on MTV, back when MTV used to still play videos. Um, and I said, <laughs> he said his, his, his pig got loose, and he had to go track it down. And I'm like, oh, okay. You can't lose a pig. Obviously, I'm an idiot. And uh, I said something to his supervisor, and he was, oh, no, no. Yeah, no, his pig gets loose a lot. Uh, 400-pounder. Those things root around. They can take down the fence. They can, they can break your leg. Yeah. 
it, it was big pig and it got loose. Um, I mean, if you, so, if, if you ever watch the movie snatch, I mean, uh, you know, uh, the good way to get rid of a body is have a bunch of pigs because they'll, oh, yeah. they'll, they'll eat through bone. <laughs> yeah. Guy, Guy Ritchie, uh, movie. Um, yeah. So yes, yeah, it's, it's just different here in the Midwest. <sighs> Some would say it's better. Uh, some would, some would, uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, it, it was, it was kind of last minute, you know, we buy a beef, a cow and have it processed and, or a pig, uh, and, and this year both. Um, and, uh, he had originally told us and, and we get it from a guy up in Cuba, Missouri. I mean, I mean, he's got great beef up there. Uh, but, uh, uh, he, uh, he originally told us uh, well, he he was covered up. I mean, with with COVID and everything. I mean, people were buying freezers. They're trying to stock up. You know, the whole hoarding mentality. We've been doing this for years, so you know we're. I guess you can call us uh, preppers, maybe. Uh, but uh, yes. yeah, all these other people are just Johnny Come Latelys. But anyway, so he's like, he's like, oh, I'm covered up, and he's like, I I won't be able to get it ready for you, get one to you until until January. Um. And, uh, so we're like, all right, that's fine. And then, uh, last week he calls uh, my mother-in-law and she's, he says, uh, yeah, we've had a lot of no shows. So can you come get your cow and your pig? And she's like, yeah, uh, yeah, we can. So it was like, and it's driving up there. It's, that's an all day trip. I mean, it's like three and a half hours up, three and a half hours back, you know, stop for lunch, all that good stuff. Um, but they go up there, they go up there. Um, the other part of the reason for his panic is he needs room in his freezer because, uh, we're in the Midwest. It's also starting deer season and he also processes a game, uh, for people that shoot deer and and harvest deer. Uh, and so, you know, they're picking up the cow and pig and he's got like eight deer, uh, hanging in there getting ready to process. So, you know, you can put that in your memory bank, uh, of, of, of things that happen uh, here that don't happen in Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We don't even hit deer in Tampa. I mean, it's <laughs> not even an so. I mean, you go further enough south, you can hit those key deer, but they're like dogs. They're like tiny. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Right. Well, I believe, I believe that brings us to the end. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if uh, you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at twoguyswalkintobar at gmail.com. That's twoguyswalkintobar at gmail.com. The two twos in the phrase are the number two. And uh, like us. We're on Facebook, sort of. I mean, the page is there. Uh, yeah. We're on Twitter. Uh, for, for the record, has anybody contacted us in four years? Uh, not since Dr. Dave. Right. So we've we've had one contact yes Talk. he was a friend of the, he was a friend of the show friend of the show personally yep. yep 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 good man good man <laughs> well he's a doctor he's obviously very smart it's true yeah i mean you got to go to years of school for that kind of stuff that's what i understand yeah so all right i got nothing else you got anything no well uh maybe do a recap show uh when the uh winners are announced in a couple of weeks 
Yeah. Uh, or when you guys are on vacation next week, so we, we are. Yeah, we're we're going to go in the great state of Arkansas, which uh, is already called Biden, by the way. That I thought you said Trump earlier. I'm sorry, Trump. Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Mike Hutch- Hutchins. Hutchinson. He was just rolling around. He's like, what are you saying? Huckabee. Mike. Huckabee? Huckabee. Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee. Yeah. yeah, former governor. Mike Huckabee, we both used to work for and I, I don't believe he's rolling around anymore. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right, I might edit that out. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, you uh, you uh, stay safe out there. Uh, watch out for... Uh, I don't know, revelers or picketers or rioters. I don't know. Guys in pickup trucks with 12 flags off the back of their truck. I mean, yeah. All right. Have a good night, sir. Yeah, cheers. Cheers.